0: Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at Indy Nickerson on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. Don't feel like you need to, trust me. So, the good news and the bad news is that I'm finally over COVID, so good times. Um, Horrible times, actually, horrible times. Um, But yeah, that's done. The other thing that I wanted to mention before we jump into this week's episode, which, oh my god, y'all, is still that to us part. Um, the other thing is that somebody helpfully reviewed my podcast on iTunes, probably, yes? No, it's Apple Podcasts now. Um... Like a year ago, and they were like, She curses too much. To which I want to say, You are correct, and thank you, because I believe in truth and advertising, and I believe that people should know that I curse a lot. So I don't want anybody to click on this podcast and be like, Son of a bitch. She just will not stop saying fuck. So just know that I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I did not read the rest of the review because. Let's be real, I'm making this for three people, and all three of those people are happy, so I'm good. The other 20 of you, good job. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it's fine. Okay, <clears throat> this week's episode, oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so fucking excited. Okay, so Death to Part is number 24 in the Nancy Drew Files series. We're in, what, 1988 now? The fun thing about this book is that it's like Sweeps Week. So for those of you, no, I, I'm, you're all my age. But anyway, Sweeps Week is when you wanted to drive up ratings for your thing. And so you would do something ridiculous. This is why Lois and Clark did not actually get married in their wedding episode. And Clark married a clone. Spoiler alert for something that happened 20 years ago. Um, oh, my God. To the point that when those motherfuckers actually got married, they had to title it, We Swear to God, This Time We Are Not Kidding, because, oh my God, the only thing that made up for that shit was Clark wearing that black Superman suit. This book is the equivalent of that black Superman suit, which, holy shit, y'all, don't get me wrong, that actor has gone off the fucking rails, but in 1996 that black suit was the shit. So, all right. So Death was part is interesting. And I've been thinking about because I read this book last week, and I was ruminating on it. And I was like, how exactly are we going to talk about this? Because it, it works on so many damn levels. The way that I first learned about this book is that my friend who my good friend in middle school, who was like, also reading Nancy Drew books, also reading the Nancy Drew files. Also, yes, 100% here for this shit was like, oh my God, my cousin has a book where Ned proposes to Nancy. And I was like, what the fuck? Shut the front door. Because I was at a point in my life when I would have been like, oh my gosh, how is this possible? Um, I need this. I need this in my life. I would not have been cursing. So, at this point it was actually out of print when i heard about it um because the acetonitrile files, like went out of print like at the drop of a hat so um so it took me a while to track this shit down um and my copy is pretty much damn pristine i probably wrote my name in it in cursive because reasons but um yeah that is like the thing about this and that's why i say it sweep, sweet cuz you know the front does not we usually talk about the front let me circle back um, Nancy is wearing a fucking skydiving suit and not like a super hot one, not something that we're rocking like some turquoises and some hot pink piping. No, we're not doing that shit. She's wearing like drab olive brown, like that's happening. She's wearing a jumpsuit. She's, she's smirking though. She's happy. She's, she's living her best life skydiving. Um, behind her in the middle ground is Ned and in the background of that is I'm pretty sure a plane because... We did not want to make this about the central event of this book, which is Ned proposing to his girl. Oh my god, y'all. Oh my god. Okay. I also need to note this. I rewrote this book (laughs) because there's some fucking plot holes and there's some... There's some st- We'll get to it. We'll get to it. You'll understand why I rewrote it. But I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, actually, I could imagine writing a different version than my rewrite. I can see it now. I can see how it would work. Okay. The premise is this. As always, Nancy is in her eternal summer and Ned has come home. And he's been home for two fucking weeks and they have gone on one date. And Nancy's like, normally by this point, we would have banged like seven times. We would have consumed like 14 pizzas. We would have watched at least two Tom Cruise movies where he may or may not have been wearing tidy whities. We do not know. We would see how it plays out, but she hasn't seen him. He has fucking ghosted her. And she's like, what the literal fuck? So the book opens with Nancy getting dressed for a date with Ned she has decided to go with something short and backless, and I'm like, girl, yeah, you get on it. Get it. Get it, girl. I don't know the bra situation. Please understand that for fanfic reasons, I would have needed to know that bra stitch. Are you wearing the stick on petals? Which I was unaware of until fanfic. What what how are you rocking this? But anyway, so short, backless, turquoise sheath dress, looking super hot, heels, we don't know the color are they stripper heels? They may be. Anyway, she's getting ready for her date. She's got like pearl hair clips for reasons, for just nostalgia reasons. Um, And of course, Bess and George have come over after a tennis match. And Nancy's like, I did not have to ask who had won. And you're like, Nancy you can stop. But anyway, so they're like, we don't know why he has been ghosting you. We don't know. That that seems super awkward. This is Ned we're talking about. He loves you with all of his heart. Yes. He is the Gomez to her Morticia. Holy shit, is he the Gomez to her Morticia. Um, Where at all times, Nancy's like, you know that I could kill you, but it's fine. So she's getting ready for her date. She's looking super classy. Like, really sophisticated she's like I'm gonna show him what he's been missing and it's all this all this super hot spine action so um she goes downstairs because Ned has arrived and he's wearing a charcoal suit a white shirt and a burgundy tie I believe I do not have the book in front of me because please understand that I would read you half of it like I fucking love this book and I was like I'm gonna make the conscious decision to actually like walk away from the book for this because oh my god okay um so Ned's downstairs and he looks devastatingly handsome please understand that like in fanfic I drive this home a lot but in the books like Ned is 100% like everybody agrees that motherfucker can get it so he's standing there on the doorstep and he's he's like hello sailor and he's like hey girl hey guess what what I bought you a dozen long stemmed roses in a box. I was like, because fancy, not even in a vase. Fuck no. We do not do our own flower arranging here. So he hands her over a box of like a dozen long stemmed blood red roses. And Nancy's like, Oh my God, these are so sweet. And again, she is dying with curiosity. She's like, what the fuck has been going on? But you know, hey, He's hitting all the right notes, so she hands them over to Hannah, who's like, I will take care of this. Nancy even is like, Bess and George, do you want to come down and witness this, and Bess is like, hell yeah, and George is like, maybe, maybe we should let them um, see each other for the first time without us observing, and I'm like, do y'all think that he's legit gonna jump her, because I'm here for that shit. Please understand, with bells on, that book better be twice as long, and half of it better be banging, so they get in the car. They go to Chez Louis, which, okay, when I was reading this at the tender young age of 12 or whatever the fuck, I was like, Chez Louis, Chez Louis, so Chez Louis, like, and now that I'm saying it out loud like that, I'm like, yeah, I get it, I get it, it does roll off the tongue, so of course, Chez Louis is the fanciest French restaurant in Ripper Heights, you know, that tiny town, um, they're, they have a window seat. They are eating, like, the Muskoka River is in the distance. The sun is setting. They're having crepe Suzette. It has been a fantastic meal. I'm like, you're, you're rocking. You're going the prom route, except for it's so much classier than Olive Garden. You're doing everything right. They have a great meal. Um, Nancy's just sitting there like, oh, my God, this, Ned, what is going on? You take me to the fanciest French restaurant in all of River Heights. What is happening? I I know that something's up. I haven't seen you in two weeks. I don't know what's going on. And Ned's like, I just wanted to treat my girl right. And Nancy's like, on the one hand, yes. On the other, still have questions. So Ned suggests that they go for a walk on the banks of the Muskoka River. We're still fucking really early in this book, y'all. And she says fucking, yes. We're fucking early in this book. I wish that that were literal. Um, anyway, so they're out on the banks of the river. They're watching the sunset. Nancy's like, this is just everything. And so he comes in for a kiss and she's like, yes, girl, you can't get it. And so Ned's like, I had something important to ask you. And Nancy's like, oh, because of course she's like, maybe it's that we're going to go away to one of his family's homes for reasons, things. And Ned's like, Nancy, he does not get down on one knee. I want to point that out. He's like, Nancy, will you marry me? And that, of course, is the chapter ending cliffhanger. And you're like, I know what the answer is. Did I desperately want the answer to be yes with bells on? Of course I fucking did, but of course it's not. So Nancy is, like, stunned by this. She like, actually, like, takes a step back. She's like, what? Um, hmm? And again, like I would read from the book at this point, but she's, she looks at him and she's like, really? uh, She's just taken completely aback. She's completely caught off guard. And that's like, yeah, will you marry me? And she's like. She says, uh, I don't know. Can I have a few years to think about it? And Ned's like, this isn't a joke. And she's like, I'm kind of not joking, actually. Um, and the book, in a combination of her like third-person thoughts and, and what she says to Ned, she basically says that she's never considered marrying anybody else, but she also hasn't been specifically thinking about marriage to Ned at this point. She's like, we're too young. I'm too young. Um, I... I, I was not thinking about getting married, like, anytime soon. She did say, like, you're the only person that I've ever considered marrying, and I probably am going to marry you, but, like, not, we're too young. And that's like, okay. She asked him a few questions. She's like, where would we live? And he's like, they have on-campus housing for married people. We would just live there. And she's like, okay, um what well, how would we live and that's like well i've i've got savings i mean it's fine we'll we'll figure it out i mean we love each other it seems natural and she's like everything just seems super fucking weird right now so she looks at him and she's like okay so i guess my answer is not yet and he goes okay and she's like why are you not mad and he's like well everything you said is true like we're too young and like you said like it's just a little bit too early. And if I ask you again in a few years, you'll probably say yes. So I mean, I'm not gonna get mad about it. And she's like, Oh, okay. I also want to point out here, not only did he not get down on one knee, he also did not produce a ring. I would have lost all of my marbles, if he had actually pulled out a fucking ring. Like, oh my god, I want to know everything. Is it a family ring? Did he go get one specially designed for her? Because, and everything is going to make sense when I get to the fucking point of this book, but I would have desperately wanted to know the ring sitch. But anyway, um, so she's like, and you're not mad at me. And so she's like, she's both happy that he's not upset at her, that he's like, oh, you know, everything's fine. Like, he's just he he takes it actually the way that you would want a guy to take you turning down a proposal which is he's not being passive aggressive or weird or like well I guess we have to break up now or this is gonna make everything weird between us and like he's not doing any of that he's like cool okay and he's not mad and he there's there's no like bitterness or anger and she's like holy shit like I've hit the jackpot with this man and then she's like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to her because uh, mm, he seems a tiny, tiny bit relieved that she didn't say yes." And she's like, "Why?" And so she keeps pressing on. It. She's like, "Tell me what's going on. Like, I haven't seen you in two weeks, and then you propose to me, and like, what?" And he's like, "He's like, hey, I've just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not gonna get upset about you." saying that you're not ready that's fine like it's everything is fine and so she keeps pressing him and he keeps like basically trying to put her off and then she's like okay well he takes her back to her house and she's like okay well why don't you come inside and and we can talk through this and he's like um I'm really tired and she's like we haven't seen each other in two weeks and we get back to my house and you're you're like I'm tired and want to go home and he's like yeah I have to get up early and work tomorrow I'm sorry so um I'm not gonna walk you to your door if that's okay and she's like, because, again, his tone is not angry. His tone is, uh, uh, the thing is that he's trying to to stop himself from telling her what's going on. And so and he knows if he spends too much time around her, he's just going to tell her. So so he just basically, like, says, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I've, I'm going to call it a night. Bye. And she's like, "What the what the fuck? What the fuck? Because everything was so deeply mysterious. Like, she was... She was concerned about this before the date. She's concerned about this during the day. She's like, What the hell is going on with my boyfriend? And when she sees Bess and George the next day, they're like, <clears throat> Which, by the way, they go to an Italian restaurant. And I was like, This girl knows where it's at. When you got feelings, it is time for you to go to a restaurant. You need to drink a pitcher of sangria with a straw. All y'all, all y'all get some sangria and just work this shit out. So they're talking about it and they're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, everything just seems deeply weird. And Nancy's like, he is the most like in touch with his feelings, open with his emotions and everything that he's going through. A guy that I know, like this doesn't make any fucking sense. And they're like, well then go to him and ask him what the fuck's going on. Like he should be able to tell you, he should be able to tell you what's going on. This makes sense. Like what the fuck? So, um, that night they are, they have been invited to a pool party and Bess and George are like, come on, let's go to the pool party. And Nancy's like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not in the mood. And they're like, come on. Ned has said he, you know, couldn't go with you. Like, let's just go have some fun. It's summer. Let's just go have some fun. And you're like, I'm going to go ahead and bring this up now. The weird thing that happens in this book and I've been thinking about it a lot because of another story that I'm writing right now is Nancy, we've discussed this before, is stuck in this weird summer where her life, she's 18, but she's also not quite an adult. She's barely an adult. So there's never anything like oh, well, I'm going to take an internship at this company where I want to work. Oh, I'm going to take this job doing this thing that I really love. Like, there's never any of that. She's stuck in this limbo where her father is supporting her and allowing her to do every, like, to go investigate mysteries and do everything she wants. Her two best friends are in a position where her, their families also let them accompany her to do whatever the fuck she wants. Like, there's, there's this level of Really interesting, like upper middle class leisure that is like so deeply seductive to somebody who's reading this at like the age of eight or ten, where you're like, This is what being a grown up is like doing whatever the fuck you want and having somebody bankroll it. So, the thing that happens whenever you, ch- whenever I try to think about Nancy and Ned is, Okay, so what exactly is their relationship if Nancy's an adult? And this book is interesting in that it kind of gets toward what that would mean with the introduction of a character that Nancy meets in the next scene. So they go to the pool party. And of course, Nancy is like, "Mm, that's fine. And she sees Ned there, which again, Ned was not supposed to necessarily be at the party. And Ned is dancing with another girl. She has long, dark hair, and she has a real cute body, and she is just dancing real close to Ned, and Nancy's like, huh, like, she doesn't do what I would do, which is to go over there, grab that bitch by there, and throw her in the pool, it's a pool party, they're gonna be a pool, they're gonna be a fight in that pool, she does not do this, she just sits there, and she's like, it's a free country, he can do what he wants, we're not engaged, I mean, we could have been. I'm just saying, um, but of course, Bess and George are affronted on Nancy's behalf, and they're like, what the fuck is going on, like, why is he dancing with her, why, what what the fuck is going on, he had proposed to you last night, has he suffered some sort of head injury, what the fuck, so they're dancing together, and Nancy sees Ned lean down and kiss this girl, and she's like, oh, shit, it's, it's on now, it's on, so she, Nancy, like, it's, it's taking every bit of her self control not to like fucking march over there and start slapping the shit out of some people. She's like, I don't know what's going on here. And like, Bess and George, of course, are watching all this in abject horror or like, what the literal fuck is happening right now? So Nancy does go over there. And oh, actually, I think that Nancy's like getting a snack and trying to figure out what the fuck she's gonna do. When the girl comes over and she's like, hey, so you must be Ned's old girlfriend. Hey, my name is Jessica Thorne. And Nancy's like, Oh, really? Mm. I, I saw you two were dancing kind of close together and Jessica's like, yes. Oh my gosh. Ned is the cutest thing and I love him so much. Oh my gosh. We've gotten very close over these past two weeks and Nancy's like that's funny because Ned is my boyfriend and we are so close that he proposed to me last night and Jessica's like that can't be fucking true that just can't be true and Nancy's like yeah pretty much is and she's like are you sure though and Nancy's like yeah I'm sure bitch sure that he proposed to me last night So Jessica marches her tight little ass over to Ned and starts gesticulating. And Nancy cannot hear what she's saying. And so... Nancy sees Ned frown, and then he glances over at her, but his face is blank when he glances over at Nancy, and then Ned clears his throat and calls for attention at the party because the party is, of course, full of River Heights peeps, and he's like, hey, hey, I have an announcement to make. I just wanted to announce that I I am going to get married, and everybody at the fucking party turns their faces to Nancy at that point, and they're smiling, and then Ned says, to Jessica Thorne. And everybody's faces fall. And Ned is just sitting there like beaming. And he's got Jessica next to him. And a few of them walk over and they're like, oh, hey, man, congratulations. But everybody's like, what the literal fuck is happening right now? Nobody does the obvious thing what I would have done, which is to say, oh, this is shit about a case. Like, oh, my God, y'all. There's some case shit happening. So, Nancy, again, refra- it happens later, refrains from grabbing Jessica by the hair and throwing her into the fucking pool, but she's like, what the, Nancy feels so, she's not devastated, it's really interesting, she's just completely floored by this, because it doesn't make any sense, like, it just absolutely doesn't make any sense, and she, she talks to Bess and George about it, and she's like, it, he he proposed to me last night. There was no sign that it, like the, the entire date, there was nothing specifically like this happening. I do not understand. There has to, there's something going on here. There's absolutely something going on. And her friends are like, there has to be, we're going to kill that bitch. And Nancy's like, no, 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 let, let me talk to him because I don't know what the fuck's going on. And until I talk to him, I'm not going to do anything because I, there has to be a reason for this. There just has to be. There just has to be. And again, like this could, the angst button could have been pushed so fucking hard on this scene where Nancy could like stomp out of there crying and upset and everything. But instead it's Nancy's just sitting there like, huh, huh, that's odd. And anyway, so the next day, Nancy actually goes over to Ned's house and he is not there um, I think that actually she tries to call Ned the next morning and is told that he's already left for work and whatever. So she goes over to his parents' house and she's like, Hey, so, and they're like, we know, we know, we know that he's engaged to this bitch. I love this fucking scene. I love this scene for so many damn reasons. Okay. Nancy's talking to Ned's parents who tell her that, Ned intends to marry her. Ned intends to marry Nancy. He has not made a secret of that to his parents. Nancy is actually like a little bit surprised that A, that Ned intends to marry her, and B that he has told his parents he is that firm in this belief. But she's also like kind of like it, it does give her the warm fuzzies, like she's not creeped out by it. She's just like, oh shit. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um so yeah, they're like, he has made no secret of this. We, he, pretty soon after y'all met, like he he was saying like, you were the one that he wanted to marry. So we did not understand what the fuck is happening right now because what the fuck? And so she's like, have you met this bitch? And they're like, yes. He brought her over and Nancy's like, okay, what were your impressions of her? And they're like, I mean, we hate her, but also we don't know why. Like, she's she's very well-mannered. She's really sweet and nice and everything, but she's not you. And, I mean, she seems to, like, she seems to be of our class, but we fucking hate her because she's not you. So there's that. So, and Nancy's like, okay, do you know where Ned is? Because, like, is he at work? Do I need to go over there and grab his ass? And they're like, he's actually at the dentist's office. For a cleaning and Nancy's like, perfect, I will be right back. So Nancy goes to it's actually a converted Victorian house, which I found deeply interesting. And I was like, this makes sense, though. This makes sense. I think that a lot of converted Victorian mansions ended up being places of tooth pain, so it's fine. So Nancy goes in there and she sees Ned in the waiting room and she's like, hey, so and he's like, hey um, they have to do my x-rays again, because they lost them, and Nancy's like, that seems pretty shitty, like, are they good, are they good dentists, because they are not mine, and he's like, yeah, they're good dentists, they have just misplaced my x-rays, so I'm gonna be here for a hot minute, um, Nancy's like, so, um, do you want to talk about what the fuck happened to that pool party, and that's like, sure, let's talk about what happened at the pool party, he seems normal, again, they're, while I say, did he suffer a head injury? Like, they don't actually do that in this book. Nancy does not say, like, is, is he suffering from some sort of mental break or illness? Like, and there's none of that. She's just like, there's an explanation for this, and I'm gonna find out what the fuck it is. So Ned's like, Jessica um, was in front of my house two weeks ago. She was wearing a jogging outfit. I was also wearing a jogging outfit as I had just been jogging and she was like, hey, I seem to be lost. Can you tell me how to make my way back to my hotel? Okay, as you know, Ned lives in Mapleton. Nancy lives in River Heights. River Heights is such that Nancy can actually walk to Bess and George's house depending on which book you're reading. So they live like within a couple blocks of each other. Like it it seems like a, a quick walk. Ned, on the other hand, lives in Mapleton, and the road between River Heights and Mapleton, like, it, it's not like those two communities are jammed right up against each other. It's not like, oh, the the ETJ for Mapleton just stretches right into River Heights. It's not like that. It's that Nancy has to take the River ho- Road to get to Mapleton, and, you know, it's down the Muskoka River, and blah, blah, blah. So, The very fact that Jessica says that she jogged from her downtown River Heights hotel, which she's staying at the fucking classiest hotel in River Heights, the Royal Hotel, um, that she jogged from there to Mapleton to in front of Ned's house. I was like, "Um, that would be like a fucking marathon. So, bitch. Bitch. Um, but Ned doesn't actually question that part of her story. I'll, he does question the fact that she does not appear to be as sweaty as one might expect. And I was like, or near death. Like, why? Anyway. So he's like, she clearly dis, like decided to come out and probably got like a taxi to drop her off near my house and said that she had been jogging. Because that doesn't make any sense. I was like, it makes even less sense than you think. But okay. So... Ned says that Jessica was like, Oh, I'm new in town. Um, you know, I don't have anybody to to eat with. What's what's a place that you would recommend for lunch? And Ned's like, Oh, well, there's this really cool restaurant. And she's like, Oh, we should go there. And he, Ned's like, Um, I've got a girlfriend. Like Nancy is like, and you told her you had a girlfriend. Ned's like repeatedly, repeatedly told her that I talked about you constantly. And that's another thing that Ned's parents bring up. They were like Ned talks about you all the fucking time. Like, you know that, right? Like all the time. We are 100% up to date. We follow you on all social media. We know everything that you are up to. Ned is here for it. The only thing that we don't know is what positions you've used and how many times. So, so Ned's like, I told her repeatedly that I had a girlfriend, that you were who that person was, all this stuff. Like she just completely blew it off. And Nancy's like, Okay, keep going. So, Jessica, over the course of the two weeks, has done everything she can to monopolize Ned's time. Like, she's, you know, said that they should go play tennis together. They should eat at the restaurant at her hotel. They should do all this. She started talking about them as though they are a couple. And then Ned's like, and she came on to me physically pretty strong. And I was like, hold the fuck up. I want to know everything about this. Did she get down on her knees and offer to just lick you like you were her favorite ice cream? Like, I want to know everything. And so Nancy at that point kind of blanches and that's like, don't worry. I didn't like nothing happened. And I was like, tell me everything. Tell me everything. But but Ned's, and I don't know, he doesn't explain how I got out of it. He doesn't explain if he said something like, I am saving myself from marriage slash Nancy Drew. Um, he doesn't say, he doesn't say any of that. So anyway, Ned's like, something's up with this bitch and I'm going to figure out what it is. The thing that happened at the very beginning of the book, that which I forgot to mention because I don't have it in front of me, is that Nancy was thinking that maybe their first date of the summer when Ned first got home. So two weeks earlier, they had an argument, like a, a little argument, where Ned was like, I'm just as good a detective as you are. And Nancy had bristled and, and re- said something mean in reply. And she had apologized for it. And they had appeared to move past it. But she's like, maybe he's still mad about that. So she's like, oh, this is kind of because we had that argument. And so Ned's like, he's like, there's something going on with her. I'm going to figure out what it is. And Nancy's like, maybe she just does think you're the hottest thing since sliced bread. Maybe she does think that you're sex on a stick. I mean, everybody does. And it's like, I don't think that's it. I really don't think that's it. I think she's got an angle here. She's working a con on me, and I'm going to figure out what the fuck it is. So Nancy, as Wanda would, is like, okay, why is she working a con on you? Why you? Like, what about you is it that drew her to you? So they start talking through the possibilities. Nancy's like, okay, did you inherit property recently? Like, did somebody, one of your relatives die and leave you some property, anything like that? And that's like, no. Nancy's like, okay, dude, um maybe she is thinking that you are wealthy and that she can marry you and thus get access to your money. And that's like, I'm not, my family is, my individually, no, I'm not, and my family, like, yeah, we're pretty well off, but there are richer people, if if that's what she was interested in, like, I don't think it's that, um, Nancy's like, okay, so, but why, like, why would she, why would she be pushing you to marry her, like, maybe she is supposed to inherit some money and she one of the conditions of the will is that she has to be married and I was like girl y'all been reading some romance novels and I'm here for it but also mm, anyway so Ned's like no she hasn't mentioned anything like that I don't mm, I don't think that's it I don't think that's it and Nancy's like then what and Ned's like I don't know I sincerely don't know. I've got, I've got some things that I'm going to try because I want to see what's going to happen. I think that maybe she does want money. Like that seems, I think that's part of it. And she's like, Nancy's like, okay, so then why is she staying at the fanciest hotel in River Heights? And that's like, I don't know. Like I literally saw into her purse and she had like a fucking stacks of cash in there. Like I saw her pay her bill in cash. Like, I don't know, she doesn't seem to be hard up for money, and Nancy's like, then why the fuck, why the fuck, if the angle is not money, and it's like, I don't know, I, I don't know, but I know that she doesn't love me, and Nancy's like, how do you know that, and she, and he's like, I just know, she's, She's after me for a reason and I don't know what it is. She, she showed up at my house. He says that, uh, the day before or like the day of, like right before it happened that she popped up in front of his house, that some girl called his house and asked to speak to him and then hung up before he got to the phone just to confirm that, that was his address and that he was home, um... He spotted somebody who was driving their car nearby, and he's not sure who it was, of course, but it would make some sense that they were kind of, like, scoping him out, watching his habits. And so, therefore, like, she would be jogging at the same time that he would be just to catch him. Like, it's it's little things like that that he's like, yeah, I'm, I don't think so. But part of his plan is that, like, he's going to pursue this... Yeah, until he can figure out what her end game is. And Nancy's like, "But you're not going to marry her." And that's like, "No, hell no, oh my god, no, 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 no." Nancy's like, "Cause I do not want to have to stand up at your wedding, like at the end of that fucking movie, The Graduate, and be like and scream out your name. I don't want that to happen." And that's like, I mean, it would be hot though. And you're like, "Yes." None of that happens in the book. Um, But Nancy's like, you're not going to actually, like, go through with a wedding ceremony. And Ned's like, no, no, no. We're going to, I'll figure it out before that. Like, fuck no. I'm not going to actually marry her. And Nancy's like, oh, Ned's called back to take his X-rays," And Nancy says, I just have one more question. Why did you ask me to marry you? And Ned's like, because I had promised myself that you would be the first person that I ever ever proposed to. And Nancy's like, what would you have done if I said yes? And then it says, what do you think? And winks at her and then leaves. And I was like, you motherfucker. You motherfucker. (laughs) The implication is that if she had said yes, he would have done it. And I'm like, but also would he have let her in on what the fuck was going to happen the next day? Like, oh my God, there's, there's a lot that for me, like after she finds out what's going on, also they do talk about his parents and Nancy's like, your parents are really upset about this. And it's like, they have terrible poker faces. I, we cannot tell them. We cannot tell them. They need to keep being mad. And Nancy's like, that's fair. But my thing was like, why the fuck would you not have, and that's one of the things that I fixed in the fanfic that I wrote where I fixed this, is, like, why the fuck would you not have at least called Nancy and been like, hey, this is the situation, this is what's going on, so that when it happened, like, she'd at least be prepared for it, because, like, honestly, anybody else, that would have been, like, fucking devastating as shit to have the guy you love, suddenly announced that he's engaged to somebody else in front of everybody, in front of all your friends. Like just oh my God. This is like you want the ground to open up and eat you. But anyway, so Nancy's like, Okay, okay. So we're gonna figure out what's going on here because of course she's like, I desperately want to know what's going on with this bitch. I gotta know. So she um goes by and talks to Ned's parents. Um Ned's The thing is that in my head, Ned's parents own a cabin on Fox Lake, but they don't actually. There's Cedar Lake, I think that is the one that they mentioned. And there's also the property that they have in Florida, which I think is on Merritt Island. Um these are just the two properties they name other than their actual principal house. Um, the thing though, is that Ned's father is in real estate. And so it makes sense that like, he would maybe have access to a house on Fox Lake because if his, if his agency was handling it or whatever. Um, it also says that Ned's working in insurance slash at his father's company for the summer. So I'm like, does his father have a real estate slash insurance business? I guess that's possible. Also the insurance thing is going to come up later in like book 54. It's fine. Um, it's okay, it's okay, they're their lambkins, um, yeah, so, she goes back to talk to his parents, um, just to confirm everything that Ned had said, and no, there's been no relative that's died recently, um, Ned has no expectation of inheriting significantly from any of his relatives, there's none of that, there's nothing, uh, Nancy says, is there anything you could do to stop them, the marriage, and his parents are like, no, they're both legally adults, there's nothing we could do, if she decided that she wanted to do that. Um, The next thing that Nancy thinks about related to Ned is that maybe he's gonna go pro. And that would make some sense for if she was like, oh, well, you know, I've heard rumors that he's going to be drafted. And so therefore, I'm going to like snag myself a future NFL all star, whatever the fuck. All the sports words. Um, So Nancy calls up uh, Coach Burnett, who is who you will remember from the book where Nancy and Ned break up. And that's actually a thing that she thinks about whenever she calls him, because he's like, you are always welcome to come up and, and watch one of the basketball games. You have ringside seats, courtside side seats. Listen to me. I don't, I don't understand sports. Um, he's like, you're always welcome, you know, especially because you caught what was going on during that case, and Nancy's like, yeah, that, that shit fucking sucked, so thanks for bringing that up, thanks for just digging your finger into that wound, um, so she asks him if Ned is pro material, and he's like, in which sport, because Ned plays football, basketball, and baseball, and is considered pro material in all three of those things, he is a triple threat, um, and he says, while Ned, you know could easily be drafted any of those things there's been no nothing that's been going on lately about that like there's nothing that he could point out which again i was like yes for fanfic reasons um and nacy's like okay so that's out that's not it and again she keeps circling back to money because it doesn't really make much sense if she doesn't love ned then why the fuck what is going on what is going on So she decides that she needs to find out some about Jessica because she knows, she doesn't know that much about Jessica. And one thing that Nancy does when she's just, she's clearing her mind. Um, God is she decides to go take a small plane out for reasons just to to look at the countryside and you know think about things which I did like this was kind of a callback to Sinister Paradise which is the one where Nancy's like oh yeah I know how to fly I just don't know how to fly a fucking Huey helicopter um so Nancy takes a Cessna out please understand that the only context in which I know the word Cessna is from Nancy Drew Files um so she goes out and flies and she's she's feeling pretty good about things when she gets back to the river heights airport because i was like of course of course that fucking town has a tiny tiny airport um because has rented a plane carson has not yet bought her her own small craft for reasons um she sees jessica who has just come back in Jessica also has her pilot license, and Jessica enjoys skydiving, and you're like, ah, the cover's suddenly making some sense, so Jessica's like, hey, girl, hey, Ned's old girlfriend, and Nancy's like, hey, bitch, and Jessica's like, you know what? We should go skydiving. Have you been skydiving? And Nancy's like, yes, I have been skydiving, and Jessica's like, oh, how many jumps have you had? And Nancy's like, she says some number that I think is like 22, I think it's right around 22, which I've got so many questions, um, and Jessica's like, oh, well, I've had like 54, and we should go skydiving, which I do know from fiction that apparently there is, I think it's 50, you have to do 50 tandem jumps before you can do, or 50 with some other person jumps, but anyway, um, something like that, so, Nancy does not want to do this, but she's also doesn't want to look like she's not as good as Jessica. So she's like, sure, bitch, let's do it. Let's, let's go skydiving. Fuck you. The book goes into what I assume to be excruciating accurate detail about everything that goes into packing your fucking skydiving equipment to the point that like Nancy actually like packs her own shoot and backup shoot and pull cords and all that shit like puts the bungee shit on it, all that shit. And then she goes and puts on her jumpsuit. And then she and Jessica get on the plane. And Jessica's like, Oh, do you want me to do like a a last check of your equipment? Nancy's like, fuck no, because I don't want you touching my shit. And Jessica's like, fair. And then they get up to, I think that Jessica wants to go to like 800 feet. I, I don't remember. Anyway, so that's going to allow them like forty five seconds of free fall or something like that. And Nancy's like, "That's a fucking lot." She's Nancy has sky di- sky dove enough that she's like, mm, "Like time seems to stretch." I decay, I decay. But anyway, so they end up they go to some terrible height. Please understand that I would probably die. Like they would get up there and be like, "Okay, you need to exit the plane," and I'd be like no. <laughs> Just a flat out no. So, um, Nancy decides that she's gonna go first, and she also dives off the plane head first because guess what, bitch? She's like, she ain't gonna top that. I like that this is, like, one of the only parts of the books where Nancy actually becomes a little bit petty and jealous about this. It's nice, where she's like, I'm better than you, bitch. I need you to know that, that I'm gonna find out what's going on the fuck with you. So, My father, the inventor of Toaster Strudel. Yes. So, Nancy jumps off the plane. She's She, like, looks around. She's like, yeah, it's exhilarating. Yeah. And then she pulls her cord, and nothing happens. And, of course, because we have to end 25 fucking chapters on cliffhangers. So, she pulls her cord, nothing happens. And she knows that she's going to hit the ground in 30 seconds. She pulls her backup chute. Nothing happens. She's like, I'm going to die. I'm legit gonna die. Like, there's no way I'm not gonna die. Um, and then Jessica comes up behind her and messes with her pack a little bit, and then Nancy is actually- Nancy tries it again, and her shoot actually goes off, and it's, like, far- it's not- outside when she could do it safely. It's just like, it's not at a good time for her to do it, but it's better than actually plummeting to the ground at that speed. So she manages to make the best landing that she can. She's just like, I think she kind of like tumbles to the ground and does like the kind of thing that one would do in that situation, which for me would be pass out and die. Um, But yeah, Jessica's like, oh my gosh, I guess when you were doing your pack, you just did the lines wrong. And Nancy looks at her pack and she's like, she sees what the problem was, and it's that one of the bungee cords was, like, done improperly, and it's so that the, the main thing would, would never have actually gone, have, uh, you know, expanded what it was supposed to. So, Nancy looks at it, and she's like, no, I triple check that shit. Yeah, somebody tampered with it. So, the scene cuts immediately to Nancy telling Bess and George about it, and they're like, that bitch tried to kill you, and Nancy's like, Yeah, but I can't prove it. And they're like, what the fuck? She fucking tried to kill you. And Nancy's like, but she didn't. Like, I think that she got a thrill out of it. I think that she's one of those people who is like an adrenaline junkie. And she enjoyed putting me in a situation where I was at her mercy, basically. And that she was able to save me. I think that she enjoyed that immensely. And they're like... This shit is fucked up. You still need to report this shit. Nancy's like, I've got no proof. I got no proof. And they're like, when would she have done it? And Nancy's like, when I was putting my jumpsuit on. Like, I did my pack, and then I went and put my jumpsuit on. And while I was in the dressing room, she just went and relaced my shit so that it wouldn't go off. I mean, and Nancy's like, She's she is cold and calculating. Like, she the kind of person who would do this, the kind of person who would enjoy skydiving like this, like, they enjoy the thrill, but they also enjoy... Like thinking this shit through. So she's not going to be as easy to trip up as we initially thought. Nancy decides that she's going to find out some more about Jessica, of course. And so she finds out. Let me think. I think that actually the way that she finds out Jessica's address is that she goes to Jessica's hotel room. Now, I do. She, Jessica throws herself a um, bridal shower, which. I was like, that seems incredibly crass. Like, this happens pretty soon after Ned announces his engagement to Jessica. So, Nancy's invited and she brings Bess and George with her. And Nancy dresses up in something that apparently looks very grown up and sophisticated. And I was like, Jessica McClintock. She is wearing a Jessica McClintock prom dress, but maybe, maybe wedding, maybe a wedding dress. Maybe she is in a bridal ensemble. Maybe she is wearing some ivory brocade maybe it is trimmed in some really nice gold edging idk i don't know but fingers crossed so um she shows up in like a like a long silk jacket or something and i was like i need to know everything about this outfit i want you to give me a lot more detail than you apparently feel willing to give me um so they show up and jessica is like all wrapped around Ned. she's like holding his arm she's like oh my god and like gazing up at him lovingly and nancy's like yeah you would be this is before the the skydiving incident so um jessica comes over and she's like oh my god thank you for coming that's old girlfriend and nancy's like why don't you join a fucking fire and <laughs> but she hands over a present and jessica is like oh my gosh can i open it And nancy's like please do so jessica opens the present and it's a very nice silver-backed mirror and Jessica's like, oh my gosh, this is so nice, and Nancy's like, I thought you were the kind of person who would enjoy looking at yourself, and Jessica's like, oh, and like stomps over to Ned, and and like throws a tiny little hissy fit, and Bess and George are like, oh my god, I love this side of you, you need to explore this more, I love you being a bitch, and Nancy's like, I'm enjoying it a little bit, I'm not gonna lie, that was fun, because she's, she should die in a fire, um, (laughs) spoiler alert. Um, so they are at the wedding shower and there's a bunch of people there. Nancy's like, apparently this girl likes to make friends. Um, but what she notices that I found very interesting is that Jessica goes over to make Ned a sandwich from the buffet that's been set up in her suite. And she dumps a bunch of black olives onto Ned's sandwich. And Nancy looks over at Best and Jordan. and she's like, oh my God, Jessica does not love him. And they're like, how what and nancy's like did you see that bitch just put a stack of olives on his sandwich and they're like and and nancy's like ned fucking hates olives he hates them and they're like okay like they've known each other two weeks and nancy's like if you love somebody, then you want to know everything about them. That's what you do. You you find out everything. You want to know what they love, what they hate. You want to know all that shit. She would know that he fucking hates olives. She would know it. If she gave a shit about him, she would know that. And I was like, they're not wrong. She's not wrong. Like, you want to know all that stuff. You want to prove your dedication to your man. Sex on a stick. So, like... Y'all ain't ordered a pizza and all that time because Ned's going to be like, no fucking olives on that shit. Thank you. And he is correct because olives are nasty little Lego tires that somebody decided to pass off as food. So, so Nancy's like, she doesn't love him. And I was like, I love that that was in doubt for you. I also love the fact that apparently Ned is so very much sex on a stick that she was like, it is completely plausible that she fell in love with you at first sight and she cannot get the image of you and her on your wedding night out of her head. I get that. And I was like, and yet you did not accept the proposal anyway. So of course, when I rewrote this, Nancy was like, I don't know, maybe we should get married. Um, yeah. So, So the thing is that Nancy sneaks into Jessica's hotel room and she sees that Jessica has just carelessly thrown all of these shower gifts under a table in her room. And I was like, I've got some questions. Do you still have a buffet table set up that you just toss wedding gifts under? Like, It's kind of interesting. Like, the room is a complete fucking wreck. It's, there's, like, clothes strewn everywhere. And Nancy goes into her medicine cabinet, because, of course, Nancy does. Um, She sees that she's got prescription sleeping pills, but the bottle uh, appears to be completely full. Like, she doesn't seem to be, haven't taken any of them. Um, And that seems to be all she's got, other than, like, high-end cosmetics. Um, Nancy goes through all of her shit. She copies down her address from her license... She goes into her closet and she finds a manila envelope, which is f- um, from a law office in Billings, Montana, addressed to Jessica at another, I think, no, I don't know if it's addressed to Jessica. I can't remember. I don't know if maybe that part's x out or whatever, because maybe it would have given her too much information at that point. But um, anyway, it's, a, it's from a law office from Billings, Montana. And when she opens it up, she finds a bunch of newspaper clippings. And they're all of young men who have dark hair and square jaws and, much like Ned, and all of them have these X's, these sinister X's marked over them, other than Ned. The one for Ned is one talking about the fact that he broke his arm during um, the practice season last year for baseball. Um, She notes that a lot of them are actually from sports pages and they're talking about injuries, but she doesn't quite understand why. So, um, Jessica, of course, bursts in. She, Nancy has coordinated this with Ned, so she knows that um, Jessica and Ned were supposed to be having lunch at that point. Jessica bursts in, and she's like, please finish getting my room ready because I've just had the most boring lunch of my life. And Nancy's like, you don't love him. Oh, see, senorita. Like, Nancy tries to pass herself off by using Spanish. And I was like, Mm-mm. She also takes a towel from the the her housekeeping cart and puts it around her hair as a disguise, and I was like, again, I've got some questions as to, mm, like, why did you not come prepared for this? She actually, Nancy actually goes to the manager of the fucking hotel, who she, it says that Nancy previously solved a case for the hotel involving a stolen diamond, which the person had hidden in a bar of soap, and Nancy discovered it, and so, um, she saved the hotel a lot of negative publicity based on that, so, um, they are fond of her, and so they allowed her to go, they were like, we kind of frown on this, but you are Nancy Drew, so we're gonna allow it, so that's how Nancy is actually kind of legitimately quasi-allowed to go into that room and search it, so Nancy takes all the clippings, um, because she's curious about them, and she goes to the River Heights Morning Record the next day, and she's like, hey, um, guess what bitch has a bunch of clippings? She is curious about which newspapers they came from. And so the guy who runs the newspaper morgue says that he would be happy to track them down for her and then decides to show Nancy her own clip file, which I thought was hilarious because, again, we're talking in 1988 at this point. Yeah. Um, so that means that, like, when you're talking about the morgue, you are legit talking about clippings. And if you were at a newspaper, you almost certainly would have had to go to, like, legit files, paper files, to see what had run in the paper about other things. So, anyway. Um, so, he tracks them down for her, and she calls some of them, and none of them have heard of Jessica. None of them know what she's talking about. It it seems that she had eliminated all of them except for Ned. so, because she's worried that maybe, maybe Jessica has pulled this con before, and so she kind of wants to track down what's going on with that. She goes to the address that's on the license it's a very nice section of Chicago to the point that like you've got a lot of wrought iron and estates that are set back from the road and everything so Nancy approaches a house and she's like I'm sorry I'm trying to find this number and the guy's like oh that's that's this house and Nancy's like oh um I was curious about Jessica Thorne and the guy's like are you friends with her and Nancy's like no. Um, actually she's involved with one of my friends and we have a bad feeling about it. And he's like, come inside. He has a British accent, which I'm not even going to attempt. Um, so he sits down and he tells Nancy that he was the butler for the Thorne family. Um, that both, both of Jessica's parents died. I think that there was a car crash or anyway, they died within a year of each other. Um, or maybe at the same time. I don't remember. Um, anyway, they're dead. They cut Jessica off without a fucking penny in their will. Uh, Jessica grew up in that house. She was an only child. She was spoiled as absolute shit. Um, She got into so much trouble. Grand theft auto. The butler, the British butler, who stayed on when somebody else bought the house, told Nancy that he had heard allegations that Jessica got involved with a married person in legislature. And that was like real, real bad for her parents who had to hush that up. So I was like, then how'd you hear about it? Got some questions. Anyway. Um, so yeah, shoplifting and Nancy was like, was this after they cut her off? And he was like, no, no. Um, before she just, she gets in with bad people. She, you know, she parties hard. She, she was willful and spoiled and everything. And so she just, and Nancy's like. Okay, so she's a thrill seeker, and she's a sociopath. Like, that's what you're telling me. He's like, yeah. Um, Mike O'Malley, and I think that Nancy had seen that name maybe on the address. I think that maybe that's where she found it. Um, On the Billings, Montana envelope. So she asked about him, and the butler says, oh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back in a way. And Nancy's like, oh, and he goes, yeah, she married him. And Nancy's like, so Jessica's married. And the guy goes, I, I don't know. All I can tell you is that she was married to him. And Nancy's like, so what kind of guy is he? And the butler's like, he seemed like a really nice guy, actually. He's a welder, um, so he's not of her social class. But, yeah. So once they found out that Jessica had run off and married Mike O'Malley, they completely cut her out of their will. And that was it. They left everything to charity, basically. And Nancy's like, huh. So, okay. So that means that Jessica was cut off from the lifestyle to which she was accustomed, basically. Nancy goes to the address. I'm pretty sure she goes to the address that, that was on the legal office envelope. And when the person who answers the door is, like, a little bit older than Nancy. And so she's like, hey, do the O'Malley's live here? And they're like, "Uh, no, they died, and we bought the house. Like, we closed on the house within, like, a month or two of now. Like, they have just moved in. And Nancy's like, huh... So she's looking around in the neighborhood, and the neighborhood seems to be a working-class neighborhood, but it seems, like, decent, like, people are taking care of their yards, it's, you know, the houses are small, but they're well cared for, so she looks across the street, and she sees somebody, like, peeking through the curtains, and so she goes over to that person's house, and she's like, hey, so I was looking for information on Jessica Thorne, and as soon as Nancy says Jessica, like, the woman opens the door, and she's like, get your ass in here, and let's talk some shit, and Nancy's like, yes, so, um, what the woman tells Nancy, and she's lived across the street forever, um, is that Jessica moved in after her parents cut her off. Um, She made Mike's life miserable to the point that he actually left the house. So he left. Jessica took over the house. She made the Mike's parents moved into the basement because she wanted the rest of the house to herself. She had her friends come by at all hours. She was living as though she was still living with her parents. So she was just being a party girl. Um, but then the O'Malley's died, I think in a car crash. I can't, I can't remember who died of what, but anyway, both of Jessica's parents are dead and both of Mike's parents are dead. So I think it was a car crash for them. Um, they died. Jessica sold the house, she just fucking sold the house. And Nancy's like, that explains where the cash came from. She sold the house and she's got the money from the sale of the house. That's, that's it. But also she's living at the Royal Hotel and spending money like it's going out of style. Ned also tells Nancy that he over, uh, during their lunch, um, Jessica was called to the phone and he overheard her talking to somebody, saying something like, you'll get your money. Like, don't blow it by calling me again or something like that. And so she's like, okay. So Jessica's living above her means. And one thing that Ned comes up with is that he wants to see if, if Jessica like just wants money. So It's so fucking weird, like, Jessica goes over to Nancy's house, and I think this happens the day after the skydiving incident. She goes over, and she's like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to check on you and see if you are okay, and like, Buzz and George are over, and this is when Nancy's telling them about it, and they're like, that bitch, oh my god, she's just come over here to rub it in, And, and Jessica's like, oh, well, I just, and also, Jessica knows that Nancy's a detective, and so Jessica, like, wanders over to Nancy's desk, and she's like, oh, you've got some files from your cases, and Nancy's like, yeah, get the fuck away from that. My clients value their privacy. But then Ned comes up. Ned is in, uh, I want you to sit back and picture it, Sicily 1932, Um, a Barbie pink convertible. Barbie pink. He pulls up in that shit. Like late model Barbie pink convertible. And he's like, Jessica's like, why the fuck are you at Nancy's house with this car? And Ned's like, because I saw your rental car out here. And Jessica's like, shit, he's got me. Um, But he's like, hey, so I got this car for you. And Jessica's like, what? And it's like, it's a test drive. If you want it, then just say the word and I will pull the trigger on this. And Jessica like gazes lovingly at the car, gets in, looks at it, and she's like, no, take it back. And that's like, you don't want it, and Jessica's like, "Of course I do." And Ned's like, "Then let me buy it for you. I want to treat you right." And Nancy's like, like biting the inside of her cheek. She's like, "I'm going to die." Um. And he's like, "Come on." And Jessica's like, "No, no. We we're just gonna be starting out. We need to save money. Take it back." And Ned's like, "If you're sure." And Jessica's like, "I'm sure." So Ned's like, "I don't." Uh, it's so weird. Like I feel like her motivation here has to be money, but she turns that down and Nancy's like, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, they arrange to see each other at the mall because Ned is supposed to meet Jessica to pick up wedding rings just to, and Nancy's like, this is getting uncomfortably like real for y'all to be picking up wedding rings. And it's like, don't worry about it. Seriously. I'm not going to fucking exchange rings with this bitch. And Nancy's like, you better not. You better fucking not. So they're, like, behind a fountain. And Ned's like, hey, can, can we make out a little bit? Because, oh, my God, I miss you so much. And Nancy's like, Ned, we are in public Jessica's going to be walking to the mall any second now. Ned's like, into the other entrance. She's going to be all the way across the fucking mall. She's not going to see us. We're behind a fountain. That's fine. So they, of course, start making out. And of course, the fountain clicks off. And of course, Jessica's like, what the fuck is going on? And she, I'm picturing like the most popular girls in school at this point, where she's just shaking her little head. And she's like, what the fuck? Um, so she looks over at Ned. And she's like, Ned Nickerson, what are you doing? And Ned's like... I was, Nancy just was refusing to believe that we're over and so I was just comforting her and Jessica's like, with your dick. Um, so... Nancy stomps over there and she's like, and because she's trying to play it off as though that's what actually was happening. She's like, she thinks back to her acting classes, which I love. And she's like, and she closes her eyes and, and makes tears well up. And she looks at Jessica and she's like, I hate you for stealing that from me. Oh my God. If you weren't here, he would still be in love with me. And Jessica, of course, settles into that role, like clockwork. And it's like, he just saw something better. He just likes sophisticated women. And Nancy's like, he loved me. He's, he still loves me if you weren't here. And like, she comes at her and Jessica actually knocks Nancy into the fucking fountain. This is when the pool happens. Um, And so Nancy like shrieks and Jessica's like, so there, bitch, and stomps off with Ned. And Nancy's like, and the guy who was who cut off the fountain to clean it is like, are you okay? And as soon as they're far enough away, Nancy just bursts into laughter because she's like, This has been a fun ride. This has just been a fun ride. So clearly, because I could spend the next four hours on this. Okay. Nancy talks to her father who um tracks down the law firm, but of course they're not gonna tell him anything. But Nancy also, because Mike has moved out and nobody knows where he is, um, Nancy calls the welders union and says that she is a bookkeeper for a fictitious company and that she needs to send Mike a paycheck that was missing, but she is apparently not at his last known address. And so they give her an address in Detroit. Is it Detroit? I believe it is Detroit. Um, so Nancy actually um, takes a small plane to Detroit. She flies her happy ass there. Um she tracks down Mike, who is living in a much worse place, actually, than he was back in Chicago. Um, as soon as he opens the door, Nancy mentions Jessica and Mike runs. Like, he hauls ass and actually manages to hurt his foot. And he's, he's like, yeah, let's let's just go back to your place and clean and manage that and I'll tell you why I'm here. And no, Jessica didn't send me because that's what he's terrified of. He's like, she has made my life a living hell. And I never want to see her again. And I begged her for a divorce. Um, after Nancy found out about Mike and the fact that Jessica married Mike, Nancy does tell Ned about it, and she's like, "If if Jessica's already married," and Ned says, "Oh no," she says that they've been divorced, and Nancy's like. Huh. Okay. Okay. Because she's again she's trying to figure out the angle. So she tossed to Mike and she's like, "So you and Jessica are divorced?" And He goes, "We're not. I wish we were. I, I really wish we were." And Nacy figures out based on the timing that there's no way. Now, of course, Jessica can claim that she that she's been abandoned, but based on Illinois law, like there's, there's a certain timeline that you can follow based on whether both parties are into it or not. Anyway. Um, so yeah, they're not divorced, even though Jessica swears to know that they are. So, um, she's, she's talking to Mike and she says, okay, so Jessica, Jessica got cut off by her parents. And he's like, yeah, she 100% was cut off by her parents. So they talk for a while, and Nancy's like, are you going to inherit any money? Because Jessica was not. Like, that, that was it. There was nobody else she can expect to inherit from. And um, Mike's like, yeah, I have an aunt who who came from my parents' funeral. That's the last time I saw her. Um, she seemed to be fine. And Nancy's like, is she wealthy? And he goes, yeah, she's got a ranch near Billings, Montana. Um, it's, you know, she's she's wealthy. And like I'm her heir and Nancy's like I've got a real bad feeling that she's died so I need you to call I'm really sorry so he calls and he confirms with the law office that yes indeed his aunt died and left her estate to him which is why they were trying to reach him and Nancy says okay okay um, did you, by chance, break your left arm? Because she notices him rubbing his arm. And he goes, yeah, I did, actually. And Nancy's like, okay, okay, okay. I, I've, I finally got it. I finally got it. Jessica can't find Mike to steal his inheritance. So Jessica needed to find somebody who looked like Mike, claimed that he had died, So that she could get the inheritance that Mike had not claimed. That is why she's after Ned. That is why she wants Ned. So, Nancy figures it out. And she's like, okay. She's going to kill Ned. The x-rays that were stolen from his dentist's office. She's just going to replace those with Mike's. Um, The wedding rings. Ned found out that Jessica returned her wedding ring. But kept Ned's. So she only needs his wedding ring she needs a corpse with a re- wedding ring on it he's she says he's going to be in some sort of some kind of accident where his body is going to be burned beyond recognition and they're going to identify him through dental records and he's going to be wearing a wedding ring and that's that's what's going to happen and she's going to try to probably make it happen in montana because that'll make things easier for the estate to go through and mike's like Yeah. That 100% sounds like something that she would do. So, um, Nancy says, I need you to come back with me because she's trying to kill my boyfriend because she can't find you. Like I'm not anyway, so that he can take care of everything. So Mike gets on the plane with Nancy. They fly back to Chicago. Um, Nancy actually calls Ned's mother and is like, look under no, I need you to to reach Ned for me because I can't reach him under no circumstances. Should Ned be alone with Jessica? Under no circumstances, um, and she she says it's too long to explain. But he's um, there's a look-alike situation, broken arm. There's an inheritance involved, and she's going to try to kill him. And Edith is like, okay. So she makes some notes, and she says, okay. As soon as he gets here, I will tell him what's going on. And I, and okay. So Nancy stops on the way there, or I think maybe as soon as she reaches River Heights, she calls Ned's house, and no, uh, James answers, and he's like, Ned's gone, and Nancy's like, what the fuck, I called specifically so that I did not want that to happen, and what had happened is, um, Edith was outside when Ned came home, he, and he came and left without Edith intercepting him and telling him the message, and he was going to go somewhere with Jessica, they were going to go visit some relatives of hers in Detroit, and Nancy's like, she doesn't have any relatives in Detroit, she's going to kill him, she's going to kill him, she's pulling the trigger on it, so, Um, they rent, Nancy, of course, is at the River Heights airport. She finds out that Jessica and Ned just left the River Heights airport, apparently, like 30 minutes earlier, or it, like, it's, it was very quick. It was within the hour. Um, so Nancy rents a bigger, faster plane, (laughs) which I love. Um, I think, who goes with them? I think that, like, I think Bess and George end up going with her, or maybe it's just George. Anyway, Um, I feel like it's best in George and also Mike. Mike decides to come along because why the fuck not? Um, so Nancy sends a radio message ahead. They call the FBI. They, um, she, so she sends out messages to all of the airports to say that if Jessica calls in, if she does anything with her flight plan to like divert her, to tell her that she needs to land, some sort of emergency, anything to get her in custody, basically. So... They finally catch up with her. I think that they've just crossed over the state line, so Nancy's like, this is really bad because this is the point at which she's probably going to try to kill him. Like, yeah. So um, Nancy's trying to figure out what's going on, and she says the, the easiest way for her to do this would be for her to get Ned on the plane to drug him with the sleeping pills that I found in her room and then parachute from the plane, and then the plane would go down. And... Bess is like, or George, who, whichever one it is, it could even be Mike, is like, well, how are they going to explain the fact that he didn't also parachute? And Nancy said, well, she'll just say that he, he said that he had it and he was, you know, going to do his best to save the plane or whatever. Like there's, there's going to be some reason that she comes up with for why he stayed on the plane and she didn't. So they're watching the plane. Um, Nancy is, Nancy talks to the the airport that's closest to him, and they say, Yeah, we've heard from her, but she kept going. Um, and then she sees in front of them the plane in question, and she sees Jessica jump off the plane, and Ned is not with her. And so Nancy sends a frantic radio call to that plane saying, Mayday, Mayday, you know, Ned, are you awake? Can you hear me? The, the plane, Jessica's jumped off the plane. You need to. But The plane keeps going and disappears over the horizon. And Nancy's like, can any of you think of anything that we can do? And nobody can. And Nancy's like, he's dead. He's, there's nothing I can do to save him. There's absolutely nothing I can do to save him. And like everybody in the plane, like dead silence. They don't know what to do. And they're horrified. And so Nancy turns around And they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, I can't do anything to save Ned, but I can sure as shit catch Jessica. So she turns the plane around, lands it where Jessica had uh, done her skydiving and actually landed in a field. And she catches up to her and Jessica's like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing here? How dare you? And Nancy's like, I've got Mike right here and you're not going to get away with this. And, um, And then the plane that Jessica had been in comes back and lands near hers and Ned comes off the plane and Mike actually is the one who tackles Jessica and is like we're gonna take your ass in girl we're gonna take that ass um Nancy's like oh my god like and Ned comes over and they they hug each other hard and Ned's like yeah she tried to drug me and Nancy's like what the how how? And it's like, yeah, I had a a bad feeling because she offered me a cup of coffee. And so I went and dumped it out when she wasn't looking and saw some half dissolved tablets in it. So good job there. So she, um, she tested to see if he was asleep and he just faked being asleep and she put his wedding ring on and blah, blah, blah. So she also, whenever she heard Nancy radioing the local tower slash airport, um, she smashed the radio out of anger, and so that's why Ned didn't hear Nancy slash couldn't respond to her when she was calling him, but he was fine, he, he was aware the whole time, and of course, and Jessica's like, how, how are you, how did you survive that, Ned, and Ned's like, Nancy's like, didn't you know, Jessica, he has a small craft license as well, and Jessica's like, ah, you ruined everything, and like, screaming and everything, so, hilariously, that's pretty much how the book ends, like, and it's like, I don't want to think about marriage for a damn long time after this, and they all laugh, and you're like, holy shit, like, the, the cops come up and, and take Jessica into custody, because, mm, attempted murder, um, some people nearby have offered to put everybody up for the night, and I was like, hell yeah, y'all need to sneak off and bang in a hammock, um, yeah, so, and that's it, that's it, like, oh my god, oh, way to just start the next book, like, not not talking about this ever again, like, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and be that bitch, like, there's a book later, and this is book number 74, where this Australian dick, in both senses of that word, actually, both detective and asshole, um, proposes to Nancy, and she thinks about it, and you're like, no, everything is wrong. Okay. I feel like the characterization of Ned here is of course they fuck with it for dramatic purposes because it's like Ned would not have done this. It doesn't feel like it. Like there's there's a whole like I'm I am a good detective. I've helped you on a lot of cases. I you know, I know what I'm doing here, I, I have something to prove. Sure. Sure, Like, okay. Like, there's a thing that happens later where that, that kind of plays out a little bit further. But, like, it it doesn't really go with what we know of Ned's personality at this point for him to be like that. Like, for him to not give Nancy a heads up about this. But also, the other thing that I kind of want to talk about here is uh, it's Jessica Thorne as a foil for Nancy. Because I saw some really interesting connections between their characters that I f- I was like, hmm. Again, you have you have Nancy who has been raised in a certain part of society where she's like, "Yes, my father slash his money can get me out of pretty much fucking anything." So she flaunts shit. She breaks the law on the regular. She she breaks into places. She picks locks, like, to the point that if anybody, if a law enforcement officer actually, like, stopped her and discovered fucking lockpick equipment on her person, she would be in fucking trouble. Like, that level of shit. The kind of stuff that she pulls to to catch people, like, oh, my God, y'all, like, holy shit. So, in a way, Jessica is... Nancy inverted it's like yeah I'm above all this shit and I'm gonna use it like I love the fact that that's like she came on to me and I'm like because Jessica represents sexuality in a way that Nancy cannot like Jessica is Jessica's over 18 Jessica's already been married so Jessica therefore is sexually experienced like it the book of course is not going to come out and say it just like they're not going to tell you that best fucking banged that soap opera star in the back of his limo like a screen fucking door um but but jessica's been married jessica's you know she's she's got life experience that nancy lacks at this point and for her to be focused on ned is really interesting in that like jessica doesn't give a fuck about ned jessica wants ned's corpse jessica needs ned's corpse she needs it so that she can claim that massive adherence so that she can, for another six months or a year or whatever, live the lifestyle to which she has become accustomed. Um, like, I love the, the shade of the whole like, oh yeah, and she was banging a married senator or whatever the fuck. Like, mmm again, she does whatever the fuck she wants. And I'm like, Nancy does whatever the fuck she wants. Like, let's just be real about that. Jessica does not appear to have any sort of life prospects. Like, she's, she'd be good at being a socialite, but she doesn't have access to the money required. Um, She's, she's hot, so she could attract somebody. But she also, interestingly, is taking a path that would mean that she doesn't necessarily need to be hooked to anybody. Like, she does seem to want to suck Mike's family absolutely fucking dry, so there's that, but, and oh my god, all the, all the O, and Shay, and, and names that Nancy runs into on that street, oh my god, they were like, we need to know that Chicago is part Irish, we need to know that, anyway, um, but yeah, I thought that was fascinating, I thought that it was very interesting that Ned would be such attractive bait to somebody who is basically the anti-Nancy, who is cut off from the privilege. And again, if Nancy marries Ned, is Ned going to then become the person who provides the lifestyle to which Nancy has become accustomed? Kind of in the same way that Jessica was trying to marry... Well, Jessica's not trying to marry Ned, is the thing. Jessica is already married into the money that she wants. She just needs to kill him to get to it, whereas Nancy, like again, beloved Disney Princess, friend to all animals, daughter of the man who had been a toaster shooter like like everything about her life very much means that marrying Ned would maybe be a step, maybe a lateral move, like it's. Ned doesn't have the cachet that Carson Drew does. Like, let's just go ahead and say it. It's, it's really fascinating to me. And the fact that Nancy's like, yeah, one day I'd like to marry him. But again, like, what the fuck is Nancy going to be doing to be gainfully employed? Because she's, she's just good, real good at doing illegal shit. It would be really interesting to me to see a, a version of Nancy that just leans in on that. Like, Am I a mercenary? Maybe. Is it for good reasons? Yes. So there's that. But yeah, like, damn it, Jessica. And uh, Jessica like blames them for the failure of her plan. Like at that point, that's when the mask slips. Like, and she's like, Oh my god, I hate you so much. I'm like, fair, you should, you should. It's it's a very Adams family esque thing where it's like anti-heroing, anti-heroing. Girl boss yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe she is the girl boss that that we need to loathe, that we just need to just lean in on and just know that we hate. So what have we learned? Nothing. We've learned nothing. We've learned that Jessica is a terrible person. Also that skydiving is super complicated and that I should probably learn how, but I refuse to, uh, okay. We're eventually going to read that book where right? Nancy has to write SOS on an airplane window and lipstick, but reversed. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, next week, we're going to finish up this. Oh, uh, well, I guess it's going to be next week. I mean, COVID. Hopefully I can't be infected again for, you know, knock on wood. Um, I think we're doing rich and dangerous, which, eh? Uh, is it rich? And I think it is. I think, Um, it's, Nancy goes to New York. I mean, it's, it's hilarious because every time Nancy goes to New York, they're like, New York. And she's like, yeah. And you're like, you've been like 47,000 times. Like every five books you get a New York girl. It's fine. You're living the dream. You're just living the dream. So that's what we'll be doing next time. And as always stay sleuthy, my friends.